This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, December 6th, 2020. The Nativity, No Mary or Joseph. Good morning, Connection Church. Here, there, everywhere. So glad you joined us this morning. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who've been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Couple family things that we want to talk about, and I forgot to talk to you guys about this, but <laughs> we have some exciting things that have happened. First of all, we had a baptism here last week. Do we have a, yeah. Oh, first of all, we had a birth. This is Reese Marie Maring, the daughter of Tom and Paige Maring. Oh, yeah. Members here, and she is just a little peanut. She's so cute. Let's welcome yeah. Reese. At home, yeah. you can clap too. Yeah, and then last Sunday we had a baptism here after church, and Anna Sophia McDowell, daughter of yeah. Troy and Natalie. I know that's that worth clapping for too. You're watching, absolutely. And here's the really cool thing Troy grew up in this church, we did their marriage, and now we baptize their kid. And that's the same with Tom and Paige. We did their marriage, and it's like this full circle thing. All right, we want to let you know, those of you who are watching us online, we are really careful here. Like, I know that we don't have masks, and the praise team didn't have masks, but we're socially distant. You know, my mask came off as soon as I got on stage. So um, we are really working it here, and we're grateful to be able to be here together. But our safety together is of utmost importance. So... Um, let's continue to pray for our church family and for those who we love as we together um, work through this um, in different ways, of course. So, all right, I want to pray, okay? God, thank you so much for today. Thank you that we could worship here uh, in person and online. The how many families, lots and lots, oh, 70 families on Facebook and even more on YouTube Thank you that we are one church, many locations. God, settle us in wherever we are so that we might be changed and transformed by your word. We pray this in your holy name. Everybody agreed and said, amen. amen. So the nativity, um, this week, no Mary, no Joseph. It's hard to imagine the Christmas story without them, isn't it? I mean, it's, uh, when you think about the nativity, Jesus right there at the center, right there with him, mom and dad. Mary and Joseph, they're absolutely crucial parts of this awesome story. Okay. But? But, uh, so why that? <laughs> Hi, everybody on there. I just wanted to see who was watching. All right. But why Mary and Joseph? Why them? What makes them so perfectly suited for God's purpose? What happens if there's no Mary? What happens if there's no Joseph in this story? Let's start with this. We need Mary and Joseph to fill the Old Testament prophecies. Check out the words from the Old Testament uh, prophet Isaiah. We find them in the book Isaiah that he wrote. Chapter 7, verse 14. Very familiar Christmas uh, scripture, scripture passage here. This the New International Version. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Say it with me. Home and here. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Emmanuel. This prophecy tells us that, that it will be a virgin who is pregnant with the one 
that will be called Emmanuel. And Emmanuel means God with us. Say God with us. God with us. At home, type in God with us. Type it in. Later in the book of Luke, that's in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, the third book of the New Testament, this prophecy is fulfilled when Mary is visited by the angel Gabriel. We talked about that last week. And she's told that she will be with child even though she is a virgin. Yeah, yeah. So God shares another prophetic word through Isaiah. And now we're looking at chapter 11, verses 1 through 5. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. That just means that he's like in, in holy, like all, oh, meaning, you know, just it's almost too much to even take in. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his mm. belt and faithfulness the sash around mm. his waist. So I have a really cool image here. Have you ever done this? You, you cut down a tree down, you have a stump, and you think you're done with this, and then you have this shoot, this new tree start coming out, out of that, what you thought was the dead stump that you'd cut off. Yeah, I've had that happen. Little green shoot revealing that there's life still in that tree. There's still life. And so this prophecy uses that, that idea that as a metaphor as we're told that there will, a shoot will come from the stump of Jesse. See, Jesse is King David's father, okay? And the one whom the Spirit of the Lord will rest on, the Messiah, will come from this family of Jesse, from the family of his son, David. Now, even though Joseph is not Jesus' biological father, since Jesus was miraculously conceived in Mary by the Holy Spirit, from a legal and, and, a, and, a, and a practical standpoint, the people would consider Joseph his earthly father, and therefore they would trace Jesus' lineage through Joseph's lineage. And when this lineage is traced, we find that Joseph is in fact a descendant of David, the son of Jesse. Yeah. The Old Testament prophet Micah, we looked at Micah last month, Micah tells us where the Messiah will be born. I mean, can you imagine this? This is like hundreds of years prior to the birth. Micah says, but you, Bethlehem, David's country, the runt of the litter, from you will come the leader who will shepherd rule Israel. He will be no upstart, no pretender. His family tree is ancient and distinguished. And that's Micah chapter 5, verse 2 from the paraphrase the message. And so this prophecy tells us that Jesus will be born in Bethlehem, but Mary and Joseph live in Nazareth. That's like, uh, I think it's like, uh, depending on who you read, 60 to 80 mile distance between those two places. How are they going to get from Nazareth to Bethlehem to fulfill this prophecy, and why would they do that? Well, the New Testament writer, Luke, again, gives us the answer. Luke 1 through 5, this is from paraphrase known as The Message by Eugene Peterson. 
About that time, Caesar Augustus ordered a census to be taken throughout the empire. That's the Roman Empire. This was the first census when Quirinius was governor of Syria. Everyone had to travel to his own ancestral hometown to be accounted for. And so Joseph went from the Galilean town of Nazareth. Okay, here we get the answer to the question. Went from the town of Nazareth up to Bethlehem in Judah, David's town, for the census. As a descendant of David, he had to go there. He went with Mary, his fiancée, who was pregnant. Wow. And so as a descendant of David, Joseph was forced to go to Bethlehem to register. And while the, it's, you know, the census, what we just went through, and to register. And while they were there, Mary gives birth to Jesus. Mm bringing to fulfillment this Old Testament prophecy of where the Messiah would be born. Mm. And so we have these Old Testament prophecies. There's more. We just touched a couple. Converging and being fulfilled in the persons of Mary and Joseph. Pregnant virgin, Mary, a, a descendant of Jesse, of King David, that being Joseph, and the birth taking place in Bethlehem. No Mary, no Joseph, eh. Maybe those Old Testament prophecies aren't fulfilled. I don't know, maybe. But there are other virgins, I figure, I hope. There are other people descended from David. Yeah. So, so there must be more to this than just the prophecies. They could possibly have been filled by other people if we were just worried about the prophecy. There must be something specifically about these two, about Mary and Joseph, that's absolutely crucial to this story, that if lost, if they're taken out, the story doesn't happen as, as it did. What we believe is it's the character of Mary and Joseph that are crucial here, their character. So let's take a look at the character of Joseph, what we're talking about. In the book of Matthew, we find out that Joseph was pledged to be married to Mary, he, they were engaged. Now, back in that day, the engagement was much more um, than it is today. I mean, it should be today, but anyway, it, it's like a big deal. It's a betrothal, and it lasted a year. Well, it was the legal equivalent to being married, and that legal equivalent without consummating the marriage. So we're told that Joseph finds out that Mary is pregnant, and he knows that he's not the father. According to New Testament scholar Douglas R. A. Hare of Pittsburgh Theological Seminary, even if Joseph still loves Mary at this point, it's his religious obligation to annul the marriage contract because she appears to be guilty of, for them, a capital crime. If we go back to the Old Testament, to the rules and regulations, back to the 22nd chapter of Deuteronomy, we find that what Mary appears to be guilty of, appears to be guilty of, is punishable by death, to be stoned to death. Wow. But <laughs> Joseph, he chooses to not expose Mary to public disgrace and punishment and decides to, as Scripture says, divorce her quietly. I mean, isn't that wild that an engagement, like you have to have this divorce quietly, well, Scripture indicates that Joseph is a righteous man. He is a man who's going to do what is morally right, 
a godly man in his day-to-day -day activities. And so just think about this for a minute. How many guys do you know who, thinking their fiance had cheated on them and gotten pregnant by some other guy, would choose to gently and quietly separate from them so that they would not be exposed to public disgrace? My guess is not too many. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I hope. But most guys, I think a lot of guys would want that girl to pay dearly for, for her actions, for what she had done to him. Are you, are you projecting that? Huh? I probably am. I probably am. And would be anything, <clears throat> excuse me, but righteous in their dealings with the woman. And then we shared last week that Joseph has a dream. We talked about the angel visiting, you know, the angels last week, no angels. Joseph has a dream in which the angel tells him to not be afraid, to take Mary as his full-fledged wife. Can you even imagine that? And we're told that Joseph woke up and he did exactly as the angel asked him to, commanded him to, to take Mary as his wife. Wow. And he did not consummate the marriage until after Jesus was born. And so this is like the icing on the cake. Um, I mean, it's one thing to resolve to separate quietly, but how many guys would allow themselves to be as vulnerable as the angel tells Joseph to be? What do you think Joseph's buddies said when he explained to them that the Holy Spirit was the Father? Think about that, guys. Uh, of Mary's baby. Or if he didn't tell them, just think about how tough it must have been for him to go through this whole thing basically by himself. That's a man with character, I would say. A man with character. Just think what we lose then if there's no Joseph in this picture, no Joseph in the nativity story. Let's talk about Mary's character. What about Mary? She gets a lot of focus. I mean, Mary, it's like there's a lot of people in the Bible that you know, do things and they mess up. I just can't, like Mary's like perfect. And that's why God chose her. She was so obedient. What do you think people said when they realized she was pregnant? What do you think her parents said when she said, oh, I'm pregnant and it's by the Holy Spirit? <laughs> wow. I mean, even if they're devout, that's really a stretch <laughs> for, for anybody. Um. What about our conversation with Joseph? Can you imagine what that would have been like? I wonder if he shared with her the plan, his plan quietly, or, you know, was it a, what kind of discussion was that? Wow. I wonder if she thought for a time that she was going to be traveling this pregnancy journey all alone. Mm. You've got to love the character of Mary. Oh my goodness. At the end of that conversation that the angel had with her, her response, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. Mm. Wow. You know, Mary, with that kind of character, is it any wonder that the angel, when, when he visits Mary, the first thing he says to her right off the bat is that she's found favor with God. It makes all the sense in the world. We're not told what it is about Mary that God finds favorable, but after seeing how she reacts to the news that she'll be carrying the Savior of the world in her womb, it's understandable why she was the favored one. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I just want to hit pause for a minute. We've got a lot of people watching. Cool. It's just so cool that we're one church, many locations. Our colleague, Mark, your buddy, Mark Farnell's watching. Hey, Mark. Hey, Mark. Hope your church is going well. We're praying for you, too. Which, which camera are we on right now? We're right there. Hi. Everybody, turn around. Yeah. Say hi to the people at home. There yeah. we go. Yeah. There we go. Hi, everybody. We're everybody at home, together. wave to them. Yeah. They can't see, wave. but they know you're waving. Yeah. Okay, there you go. That's cool. <laughs> All right, so we've talked about Old Testament prophecy, and we've talked about the character as things would be lost if there was no Mary or no Joseph, but we need to think that there's something much, much deeper, much more important, uh, the reason why Mary and Joseph had to be such a, an integral part of the story. And quite honestly, it's their deep and abiding faith. Deep and abiding faith. When Joseph was confronted with the news of the situation, it seems like there's just two options. Publicly humiliate Mary or quietly divorce her. But you know, when we have faith in God, when, when we have a relationship with God, when, 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 when we walk closely with God, there's always a third option. Always. And that option isn't one that we dream up on our own. It's, it's beyond our limited capacity. No, it goes beyond anything we're capable of. Because that third option, that third possibility, that third way of looking at the situation is really uh, uh, simple when we get down to it. A third option is the option of giving it over to God. Yeah. Not worrying about the consequences, not worrying about what people are going to think, not worrying about uh, what, what, what we have to do to make it happen. Pure and simple, the third option is to give it to God. Say it with me. Give it to God. Give it to God. At home, say give it to God. Type it in, type it in, give it to God. Wow, you know, that is not easy to do. We think it is like when we're sitting here and everything's okay, but when we're up against it, it's not easy to do. And just because we do give it to God and we might give it in pieces, it doesn't mean that the challenges are gone. It doesn't <laughs> mean that things get easy. It doesn't mean that there isn't suffering. So many times in my life when I've given things to God, things are still so hard, but, but it does make all the difference in the world because I feel such a sense of peace. And that's what happens when we give it to God, even in the midst of the chaos. It's like this sense of, okay, you're on the throne. All right, we can <laughs> thank you, God. You know, handling the situation, allowing God to, to take over and like Mary and Joseph, who showed deep and abiding faith, that's where our faith comes in. Mm. And faith is like a muscle. We've got to work at it. Like, you know, you have this one thing where you've seen God work, and then you see the next thing, and you see the next thing. And as you kind of build up these markers of God work, it working, it does get easier mm. as far as, okay, this is like a real big curveball, but I know that I know that I know that God's in control. So Joseph um, had a choice. I mean, he could have ignored what the angel said, but Mary, on the other hand, wasn't really given a choice, was she? <laughs> he didn't say, uh, God would like you to carry the... That wasn't what the conversation was, was it? No. She didn't have a choice. She's told that she's going to 
she's been chosen to carry the child. But she did have a choice in how she reacted to the news, didn't she? She didn't have a choice. And she chose faithful. She chose trusting. Knowing that God had it under control. Fully trusting God with what was ahead. Mary and Joseph were crucial to the Christmas story because of their deep-formed, deep-found faith in God. And it is that faith that allowed them to rise to the occasion when God the Father surprises them with an unexpected <laughs> situation. Opportunity. Wow. <laughs> it had to hit them totally unexpected. Mm. So the morning question is, how about you? Are you pretty secure when it comes to the whole trusting in God kind of thing? Do you feel that God is in control to the point where you can just kind of let go and let God be in charge of your life? Can you handle the curveball thrown at you the way Joseph did? Faithfully following where God leads you no matter where that might be. Are you able to give it to God the way Mary did and say, I am the Lord's servant? And then be able to go with God's flow, doing things God's way. Again, <clears throat> Mary and Joseph are absolutely crucial to this story, the nativity story, because of how they handled this, because of how when the Lord surprised them with the unexpected, their response he gave them the opportunity to be a part of something remarkable, incredible, life-changing, transforming. And Mary and Joseph, just like you and me, were pretty ordinary people. <laughs> pretty ordinary, but in God's eyes, in God's hands, they were able to do the extraordinary. God offered them an unexpected journey a journey of a lifetime. And they said yes to God's hmm. offer. Hmm. You know, about 20 years ago, just about this time of year, God gave Carrie and me the opportunity of a lifetime. In an article our bishop at the time, Bishop Weaver, um, wrote, he asked the question, what crazy impossible notion is God calling you to, and what are you going to do about it? Well, we shared... Uh, this with the bishop through our district superintendent that God was calling us to start a new church in this place called Middletown, 60 miles from where we live, and to start it together. Share that with the bishop through the district superintendent, telling him not to let money get in the way, because that could be expensive with two preachers there to start. Don't let money be an issue. We would get outside jobs, Carrie would nurse, I would substitute teach, whatever's necessary in order to make this thing happen. You know, it was crazy to think the bishop would put two fully ordained elders, Methodist elders, in a place that didn't even exist yet. But that's exactly what he did. It was crazy to think that um, we would leave places that we loved serving and we were very comfortable in and uproot our family to go 60 miles north to start something out of nothing. <laughs> That's exactly what we did. 
the unexpected extraordinary opportunity of a lifetime, of a lifetime. And here we are. Here we are, 20 years later. Yeah. Blessed to be worshiping together this morning, here, there, everywhere, as we prepare our hearts and minds for the, for the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. And what's incredible <laughs> are the people that jumped on board that didn't even know us. <laughs> and trusted. They were the real crazy ones. <laughs> I remember Barb and Mike Rotina jumped on board, and then Mike one day said to Barb, we don't even know these people, and we're already in. We, we, we don't even know, I don't, I don't like know if, if they'd even heard us preach, maybe once. Yeah, <laughs> but so many of you were there in the very, very beginning, and now those of you who have come on, we're all making the story together. We've all joined into the story, so whether you started 20 years ago or last week, <laughs> this now is our shared story. But it's not ours, it's God's. I was talking to someone yesterday who used the building for a funeral, uh, another, um, Daniel and Hutchison used the building and she said, they love your facility. And I said, it's not ours, <laughs> it's God's. It's God's and all of you are a part of making this place possible. So you've jumped in too and we're all in it together. So back to Mary and Joseph. How would you respond if you were in Joseph's situation or in Mary's situation? Yikes. <laughs> um, in other words, how would you respond if God surprises you with the unexpected? How would you respond with perhaps the opportunity of a lifetime? Consider this. What wild impossible notion is God calling you to right now? Might be big, it might be little, but if God's calling you to it, it's certainly important. <laughs> it is so important. What are you going to do about it? You know, some of these calls might be as simple and easy as saying, hey, um, Facebook friend, let me share our online services with you. Mm. Or, I think I'm going to participate in this mitten tree ministry or wave it. You know, they can't see behind the mask, but actually you can see because your eyes get all squinched up when you're smiling at people. It makes a big difference when we're out. So we are the hands and feet of Christ, and our mission is to connect people with Jesus and the new life he offers, and that's all of our missions in a lot of different ways. Thank you so much for being a part of this journey. The good news of Jesus Christ, shared through Mary and Joseph's faithfulness, let's believe it and let's live it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, wow, what, a, what an example of Mary and Joseph. I particularly Mary, like, may it be as you have said, wow, that's um, quite a response. Lord, you do call the ordinary, which is each one of us, to the extraordinary. 
You've called each one who is listening, each one who is here, to something. Our lives aren't for us. Our lives are for you. So help us glorify you in our words, in our actions, in our deeds. And we thank you, Lord, as together we celebrate this precious sacrament of Holy Communion. We pray this in your holy name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.